Hello there fellow enthusiasts, welcome back to another episode of Disruptors Unveiled. I'm your host, Wang. And I'm Rishik. Today we're diving into the iconic world of Apple, a company that has not only shaped the tech landscape, but has also become synonymous with innovation. Absolutely, Rishik. Let's be more enthusiastic. What do you think when you think of Apple? The first thing, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For me, it's iPhone. I mean, the way the iPhone has kind of, it, it's become such an important part of like, millions of Americans' lives, and in mine also. Yeah. Well, how about for you? I think my, I mean, honestly, I have the entire ecosystem. So for me, like, every single thing I use kind of has something to do with Apple, and I think that's a really big thing about how disruptive they've been. But let's rewind a bit. Yeah. Um, from humble beginnings, there was kind of a disruptiveness to Apple's vision. It wasn't just about making computers. It was about putting technology in the hands of individuals. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also about making it more accessible and approachable and, dare I say, even a little bit stylish. Like, let's talk about, like, the Macintosh, right? Apple's first personal computer with, like, a graphical user interface. It wasn't just about a computer power, but it was about challenging how we interact with computers. Yeah, definitely. The Macintosh, it wasn't just a product. It was also a statement that the mindset was about making technology not only functional, but enjoyable and intuitive. Yeah, and I, I think a, a big game changer was also with the iPod. And in 2001, they came up with an iPod that was not just a portable music player, but it was also about transforming the music industry. Apple disrupted the way we listen to and purchase music. Yeah, back then, I mean, I wasn't born back then, but I'm pretty sure they had like CD players, that's kind of what they used back then. I mean, yeah. So the iPod, it wasn't just a device. It was kind of part of a larger ecosystem. The mindset was about creating an end-to-end -end experience for users. Yeah, and then came the iPhone in 2007, and I think that's also the year we were born. That was the biggest game changer in technology for almost a century, almost, dare I say. It was not just a smartphone, but also about redefining communication, entertainment, and even the concept of apps. Yeah, definitely, Ben. I mean, the iPhone disrupted industries beyond telecommunications. It wasn't just a phone. It was a pocket-sized computer that could do it all. I mean, imagine being in 2007 and hearing about the first iPhone. I mean, I can imagine how excited a person must have been to hear the iPhone release. I mean, the mindset here was about convergence. I mean, putting multiple functions in just the palm of your hand. I mean, if you think about it, you have... You have such a, um, how much how much power you have in your phone and it's always just in your pocket. Yeah, I also think it's like a testament to innovation because original iPhones almost came out with more power than the rockets that landed men on the moon. But I think the part that really was the most disruptive on the iPhone, the original one, was the App Store. It wasn't just a marketplace for apps, but it was also about empowering developers and creating an entire ecosystem around the iPhone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the App Store wasn't just a feature, it became a driving force behind the success of the iPhone. I mean, the mindset was about fostering innovation behind Apple's walls. I mean, the App Store today, I mean, it has millions of apps that we can add to and download at any time. 
Yeah, and I think um, it also like kind of more moved into more of like an entire ecosystem. It's like the iPad back in 2010. Like it wasn't just a tablet again, but it was about bridging a gap between laptops and smartphones, right? Apple was creating a category that others would have to follow. Like in a situation where you had to do something that was too big for an iPhone, but too small to bring out your bulky computer, the iPad was a perfect middle ground. And I think Apple really led the charge into that industry. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, let's talk about the MacBook Air. I mean, oh, sorry, let's talk about the iPad a bit more first. I mean, it kind of disrupted traditional, I mean, computing. It wasn't just a larger iPhone. I mean, it, it had a virtual device with its own identity. I mean, when I when I uh, when I was using a laptop back in like twenty fourteen or fifteen, just to play like games since I was like seven or eight. I mean, I was so engaged. I mean, the mindset behind the iPad was about meeting user needs in like various contexts. So it wasn't just for just playing games. I mean, there's so many features and so many things you can do on the iPad. Were you an iPad kid growing up? Uh, I wouldn't consider myself an iPad kid. I think I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I think I think okay. I would be an iPad kid. I used to uh, every road trip. I think I would have like an iPad. But that's, that's yeah, nice. yeah. So, but then I think we can move more into like the MacBook Air. This one I think really is a big game changer in like the laptop and the computing industry because it wasn't just a lightweight laptop, but it was setting a new standard for portability and design. Apple was challenging the conventions of what a laptop should be. Historically, laptops have been bulky, big, heavy, loud, and power excessive. But I think with the MacBook Air, we saw a huge shift away from that. We saw laptops that were not lightweight enough to throw in your backpack, work on the bus, work on the go, and then come back home and still have the same computing power that you would need for like any other task. Yeah, definitely. I mean, are you recording on a MacBook Air right now? No, I got a MacBook Pro. Oh, MacBook Pro. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, the MacBook Air, it wasn't just a product. I mean, it was more of a design philosophy also. The mindset was, it was more about pushing the boundaries of what was possible in terms of form and function, how, how lightweight and portable it is, and still deliver the same amount of power and computing that a, a normal laptop could do. Yeah, I think we can also like, like now that we're talking about all these different products that Apple's creating, I think one also really big one was the Apple Watch. But it wasn't just a smartwatch. It was more about integrating technology into our daily lives in a more personal way. Me personally, I love my Apple Watch because from waking me up in the morning to giving me daily reminders to like stand or hit my rings, I think the Apple Watch is a perfect balance between when you have to look at your phone and when you just need the bare minimum to keep your day running. Uh, which, which Apple Watch do you have? I have the Series 6. Oh, I have the 9. Oh, you have the nine? Did you say you had the seven? Uh, no, I have the nine. Oh, you have the nine. Yeah. But anyways, um, the Apple Watch, it kind of disrupted the wearables. I mean, it wasn't just a fitness tracker. It was also a health companion. I mean, today we have Fitbit, but I feel like <coughs> I personally connect with Apple more. Um, I don't know about you. Do you? You probably I, like Apple more, right? Yeah, I like Apple more. Yeah. But I've heard that Fitbit has... Um, Pretty good, pretty good quality. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, the mindset behind the Apple Watch was about enhancing our well-being. That was kind of the priority of the Apple Watch. Yeah, I think Apple's commitment to, like, 
um, software and services from like iOS to iCloud, it wasn't always just about hardware. And while they're really good with creating new hardware, like the Air, the MacBook Air, the iPad, the Apple Watch, and the sleek new phones, it's always about creating a seamless experiences between these devices. And I think that's what really sets Apple away from the other competitors. It's the ecosystem. It's about fundamentally shaping the way we think of how we use our products. Me personally, when I shift from my AirPods from my phone to my laptop, I don't even think twice because it does it for me. I don't think when I get into the car about how to set the GPS because Apple CarPlay already has that for me. It's about how seamlessly integrated everything around you is. Yeah, definitely. But uh, one criticism for me, right, is how Apple's kind of, I feel like it's kind of made everybody kind of lazy I mean these days I mean you have the Apple watch which is kind of like a smartphone on your wrist I mean so like a traditional watch where um, it's not as like you know you're always on your phone but yeah I think that's a that's a great point into the complexity of Apple's uh, marketing like strategy because they're competing against themselves in every step of the way because and I think that's what really is driving their product because you have the Apple Watch. Let's actually drive it back home a little bit. When you have your Macintosh, your desktop computer, it's kind of big, but it's powerful. But when you're on the go, you might want your MacBook. But when you don't want your MacBook and you want to do something light work, you might want an iPad. But when your iPad is too big, you have your iPhone. When your iPhone is too big, you have your Apple Watch, right? And you always have products to simplify the task you're doing. And I think that's a really big part of what Apple is trying to do. They're competing with themselves to constantly grow. Okay, mm-hmm. but what if, let's say I don't have like the Macintosh, okay, and then you say I can move on to the, what did you say after that, Macbook here? Yeah, sure. So are you saying I have to go through these chain of events and if I don't have one of them, I'm kind of, I have to deal with it? I mean, it's not about that. It's about what you need when you need it, right? And I think that's a really good point that Apple is really trying to get across. Once you're in the ecosystem, you're hooked. Because the quality and like the seamlessness of transition between the products is what really causes them to create such profit. And I think it's a really good strategy that they've created between promoting such well-being of the Apple's uh, products that kind of forces like users to buy more. But I think as you reflect on Apple's journeys, I think we should touch on the challenges that they've had, like the closed ecosystem, like the scrutiny of the App Store policies. Like I was pretty mad when Fortnite was kind of... Oh, yeah, me too. I was heated over that. I used to play like Fortnite mobile a lot, but then now I'm like only construed to uh, uh, Fortnite on the Xbox. But, you know, I can still pirate the Uh, old like version. I think that's illegal. I don't think that's illegal. Yeah, who's going to tell? It's niche. But I think the concerns about repairability have also been a subject for discussion. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Apple's disruptiveness comes with its share of, I mean, debates. The mindset here is about finding a balance between control and openness, I mean, innovation and ethical considerations. Yeah. And as we wrap up, let's consider Apple's cultural impact. It's not just a tech company. It's It's a symbol of how technology can seamlessly be integrated into our lives, enhancing our experiences. Yeah, well said, Bank. I mean, Apple's story isn't just a tech saga, it's also a narrative disruption. I mean, design excellence and a commitment to making technology a personal and indispensable part of our lives. And with that, we conclude our exploration into the disruptive journey of Apple. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Keep innovating, keep exploring, and as always, stay
ステイキュアイです